Hello, everybody, and welcome to the GMS Magazine channel. I am Paco Garcia, your host, and this is the RPG Interview Room, the show in which I am lucky enough to get together with people from the world of role-playing games and ask them about their projects and, well, everything else. In this coronavirus edition, and uh, you can tell I am in lockdown because of the shriveled looks and lack of makeup upon my face, um, I've, I've done an interview of somebody, somebody's uh, two people in this episode that have a really cool initiative to get people involved into doing something creative and very, very interesting. They have devised a writing competition of one-shot adventures to actually get people, you know, going. The competition's been going on for a couple of weeks, but I wanted to have them on board just to ask them some questions about what is it all about? How is it going to run? Why are they doing it? Who are they? Who are they? I have no idea. So, um, well, let me show you. Here are William and Derek. Guys, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show because I, well, I have spoken to you once about an hour ago, sorting out you know, sound issues, but I've never spoken to either of you in, in the past. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, I think this is our first time, so doing good. Thanks for having us on the show. Oh, it's um, it's a pleasure uh, because I, I really wanted to, to have you on board um, because you two are collaborating. That's correct. Doing something that I really, really like because it encourages... Uh, content creation uh, and it encourages community and it encourages people to actually do things yeah. uh, um, for the love of the hobby. Um, tell me a little bit about, firstly, you know, I want to know about Saga events and why you guys are doing this competition, this writing competition for role-playing games. Okay, yeah. So, um, well, my name is William. I'm the director of events at Saga Events. We are a small event agency based out of Vancouver, Canada. Um, and we just happened to launch at a time that coincided with COVID-19. So we got everything sorted out. We launched, we were super excited. Website went up and then everything went on lockdown. So all events are canceled. Um, and it's been a really hard time for the event industry as a whole. Mm. Um, but as a new company, we kind of decided to take it as a challenge. We shifted our view and what can we offer now that people can do from their home, um, encourages creativity, pe keeps people in high spirits. Um, and this idea just kind of popped in my head one morning. Um, and I was like, yeah, it'd be cool if we did a contest for fantasy RPG one shots. Mm -hmm. um, and then people can send it in and we can do it. And then it also ties into some future live event plans that we have um, for the next couple of years once this whole thing calms down a bit. Um, so yeah, that's what we've decided to do. So you've basically done something because you can? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess we have a lot of free time on our hands right now. <laughs> um, we're trying to keep the team busy. Um, and it's something that I have a passion for as well. I've, um, you might find a little me and Darren play D&D right now together. Um, and I've been kind of craving more interaction with friends and finding ways to be creative. And I just thought, instead of just doing it just for me, why not make it something available to the wider public? Okay. Right. Okay. Um, before we jump into the whole thing, um, yeah. now that people know who you are, uh, even though we still haven't heard Darren speak, but we will. <laughs> um, Do we need to uh, yourself? Um, 
Yeah, why not? Go yeah, for it. that'd be good. Hi, <laughs> guys. <laughs> Hi, my name is Darren. And uh, I live in Wales in the UK. And I'm good friends with Will. And as well as that, I'm collaborating on this uh, one-shot RPG adventure contest that Will's doing. I'm one of the panelists uh, that'll be judging the, the adventures. And in my spare time, and actually now in my main time, again, thanks to COVID-19, I'm the lead designer for an indie tabletop role-playing game called Legends of Avala. Yeah. Which looks actually very, very good. I have to say, the website looks absolutely delightful. So we will talk about that as well in a minute. But um, now that this crazy interview, which is going to be a little bit uh, crazy, um, because... <laughs> because we're not. Um, and I need to make sure that you actually can answer questions. Sure. Uh, because <laughs> okay. you may have the soul of a politician and not be able to. Uh, <laughs> so we need to make sure that you actually can. So I need to ask you five questions um, to make sure. Question number one. And you can answer in whatever order you choose. Five. Okay. Uh, tea or coffee? Uh, neither. Okay. <laughs> Uh, coffee, black, strong. Yeah. My time of mind. I like it. Um, the mountain or the beach? Um, I won't say what I'm thinking, but I will say <laughs> beaches <laughs> because um, just, uh, just more relaxing, I guess. Yeah, that said, I do like snowboarding. So, okay. yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a harder one than tea and coffee. Yeah. I like the beach for a vacation, but all year round, I'm going to choose the mountain, I think. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, cars or motorbikes? Uh, it's going to be a neither again, but <laughs> I, I would say that cars are more uh, more useful. So I have to pick a car on a utilitarian basis, purely. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with cars as well. Um, I'm not a huge fan of either either, but... <laughs> I, I tend to lean more towards older muscle cars. They do catch my eye. Okay. Now, this this, this one's going to get harder. Uh -huh. um, okay. Fantasy or science fiction? Fantasy. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, yeah fantasy. Jesus, <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Well, not at the same time. Wow, that was uh, impressive. Okay. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> owe everything to that man. Magician, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, last question, and this is really hard. Um, zombies or vampires? I, I'm going to say zombies, and that's purely because of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I just find zombies more fun to play Magic the Gathering than vampires. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. the players, <laughs> uh, I think vampires are more interesting as a creature. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I do find myself daydreaming about zombie apocalypses <laughs> much more. <laughs> Every time I move to a new area, the first thing I think about is, where would I go in a zombie apocalypse? So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, now now we can go on to the slightly more serious aspect of, of the interview. <laughs> um, uh, William, tell me a little bit about what kind of company uh, do you want Saga to, to become? Uh, that's a good question. Um... Well, Saga events, basically, we have two aspects to it. We have the client-focused side. So we do MICE events and experiential events for clients. Um, when it comes to that side of things, we want to be viewed as an innovative company that's 
not afraid to try new technology and push the boundaries a little bit. Um, and we try to make all the decisions based on like fact, data, and strategy, um, which I think not enough companies do these days. Um, but we also have our personal event side. So events that we run um, from start to finish for ourselves that we put out there. Um, so that's where some events comes in. Um, we have a few more ideas for board game conventions and other like fan expos and things like that. Um, and on that side, I think we just want to build a strong community. Um, we want to have these events kind of tie in together and have people. We want to build a fan base rather than a client base. Um, and I think that's the direction that we're going right now. Um, but as I mentioned at the beginning, we're a relatively new company. Um, so things might shift as we move along, but uh, that's my vision. How, how much of uh, the events that um, you are creating right now are game orientated and how much do you want them to be in the future? Um, so our personal events, um, well, everything's on hold, obviously, because of COVID-19. So we have nothing going on at the moment. <laughs> which is too bad. But as far as ideas and concepts, um, we have about three or four big ones. Um, we have a board game convention that we're planning. Um, we have an esports and land competition that we're thinking of doing. Um, but our big passion project is Saga Forge Live, which is um, a new event that we're planning that combines elements of tabletop RPGs, escape rooms, cosplays, renaissance fairs, and things like that. Uh, I can't go into too much detail about it, obviously, because we don't want to make promises we can't deliver on. Right. And it's, But it's pretty exciting, and we think it will be um, really fun for everybody. In terms of um, what you bring as a company onto event organization, um, because I can imagine people hearing you say that you, know, you want to organize conventions, so on and so forth, uh, conventions have been going on for a very, very long time. Yeah. What What else did you have? What else are you bringing onto the fray that you think is going to give you an edge? Is you think is going to allow you to differentiate your events from existing ones? Uh, that's a that's a difficult um, difficult thing to touch on. As far as the client side goes. Um, I can't say anything because obviously we have to work with the client of what their vision is and what they want. Mm -hmm. um, but for our events, uh, Saga Forge Live is going to be something that just doesn't exist out there. It's totally unique. Um, it's going to be, I can't think of a good example really, but it's going to combine a lot of different elements of, I guess, the nerd culture, the nerd community, things mm -hmm. like that. So. It's just something to keep an eye out, yeah. Okay. Now, if, if we go on to um, creating this event, because at the end of the day, you know, uh, th this one-shot competition is, is is just a different type. Yeah, online event. event. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that you have that you have done. Um, what are the skills that you thought? Okay, we can we can start doing this and help us in the long term, because a one-off event is not particularly a fantastic idea, is it? And <laughs> I can imagine that this can be something that could be recovering. Uh, that is the plan, yeah. So this is 
this event came up because of COVID-19. We wanted to do something now as fast as we can to get people involved. And because of that, the time frame of planning it uh, has been very short. We had a couple weeks to put everything together, collect all our panelists, um, get the prizes ready, and then it's going to be closing in a couple weeks for submissions already, and then we're going to have to do the judging. There's already been a lot of Halloween or Christmas, um, do a special with a theme based around that. And then we do want to make it an annual contest um, with plans to expand. So this year, there's a grand prize. That's it. Um, but as it goes on, we're Wait, thinking well, opening well, it to... Can you repeat yes. that? You said the grand prize. I think you liked yeah. that just for a second there. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, there's a grand prize for the best overall adventure, um, which we have our own marketing scheme for, which the panelists will judge based on. But in following years, we want to include things like uh, most memorable NPC or best fan artwork or best combat interaction scene and things like that. Um, so there is there is plans to expand this to more than what it is now. Um, and then, obviously, once Saga Forge Live comes into play, uh, we do have plans to inter have the two interact. That sounds pretty good. Okay, um, this is going to be a very delicate question for reason that will become very obvious when I ask it. Um, <laughs> but um, tell me about the panelists and why you have chosen them. Okay. Um, so Darren was the obvious first choice for us. <laughs> um, me and Darren go way back. He was actually my first DM. He introduced me to tabletop RPGs. So in a way, uh, if I never knew Darren, this might never have happened. Um, and I knew he was working on this game that I've played a little bit in the early development phases and looking forward to playing now that it's all fleshed out. Um, so I got in touch with Darren right away. And then we kind of built off there. I had a few connections um, with Thom. We worked on an eSport event called Insomnia in the UK. Uh, so I reached out to him and for some of his connections. But the yeah, idea I, was to bring in... Oh, sorry? So I'll just say, I know Insomnia. It's a big um, gaming convention, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, I worked so... on the eSports side there. Cool. Um, but the goal was to bring panelists with different expertise. So we have people like Darren, obviously, who's developing his own game, who knows a lot of what goes into a great adventure that way. We have a few seasoned DMs who do live streams and podcasts, who are experienced at running adventures. Um, and then we have more science and data and theory-based um, panelists as well. So all together, we have five panelists. And we think that the combination of all five kind of gives us a very diverse view of tabletop RPG adventures, um, which will help us select one in in the best possible way. Um, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to judge because a lot of it is subjective. So we're just bringing in as many viewpoints as possible to try to make an informed decision on that. That, that makes sense to me. Um, Darren, what, what, yeah. what did you bring onto the fray? Well, why are you there? <laughs> why am I here? Well, the, the first thing Will did said to me is, Darren, is this a good idea? And I said, yes, bloody <laughs> good idea. Because I, I said, has no one done this before kind of thing? And like we searched online, we were checked previously, and we hadn't really found anything substantial. I'm sure the old magazines used to have like send in your adventures and like fan written content and that kind of thing. But that kind of stuff has kind of fallen by the wayside now of like 
submit your ideas to something and see what other people think of it and then come together and see what the best outcomes are and then everyone can use those ideas together you know um so this seems like a bigger hole in the market for like these kind of competitions that people can submit their own ideas for the in the, in the role-playing game community um so as soon as you said that i was like yeah has are we not doing that already we should be if we're not um and then he then asked me what should what should the judging be about and things like that and i gave him some ideas on um on what are like the, the key components for like a one-shot adventure um we handled a bit a few terminology um because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like in deep in like the nitty-gritty of rpg design so i i frequent a lot of forums about rpg design um and so there were a little bit a few words here and there that weren't the in the right way they should be so we fixed that that kind of thing uh so i was basically brought on immediately to flesh out the idea of, of the competition and make sure everything sits right inside the rpg nomenclature and community design theory and that kind of stuff um for for uh for for will on the team yeah does that answer your question it 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 does um but then that leads me to the next question which is what would you like to see what the adventures from from the from the like contestants yeah um i i me personally i love simple adventures um but again, again this is all subjective but for me personally i love simple object adventures that uh, i feel like uh, like the sandbox adventures get the most like reputation in like the um the culture of rpg dance but I, i like the simple linear ones that each have like a myriad of options to be done inside the little sequences and then the end result is something that's always unique no matter who played it even though it's simple and linear it's very easy for a gm to follow um the end result was always different and the players can get really creative inside these little scenes that get followed so i i'm 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 a i'm a big fan of of the more uh yeah of the simpler structures that have an open-ended feeling despite how simple and linear they are if that makes sense um yeah but so yeah i i'm, I'm looking for the people that can do do things efficiently get the get the biggest bang for your buck the the the, the simplest ideas that, that can have the most inspiration for the gm and the players that are running it that's that's what i'm looking for is efficiency i think me personally anyway okay no that makes i think that makes actually perfect sense is is that something that you have applied to the design of legends of avalon because i mean you you are very yes. deep within the design of that game yeah right? so my so we have a um we have a rule starter step that's, that's out at the moment and i'm i'm currently writing up the introductory adventure that i've been running for playtesters into a document that other people can use and in that int introductory adventure spoilers there's a burning building that you have to rescue people from inside and it's such a simple thing there's like three floors there's the stairs are broken so you can't use the stairs there's planks of wood there's a fire and you have to get up to the point and get people out and and it's so simple there's like a creek nearby you have a bucket and everyone handles it in a completely different way it's always fun it's always exciting it's always interesting but the end result is always different how it happens is always different some people repair the stairs some people find a way to climb up using a human ladder some people put the the, the, the plank up but and then the people put the plank somewhere else but if they put the plank here then where else do they use it like the amount of difference you could put with one plank and where you can position in this broning building is 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 myriad and the end result is that 
it gets the creative juices flowing. Even though it's such a simple concept, rescue people from a building. That's it. Here's a plank of wood. What can you do with it? Mm-hmm. then it's up to the players to, to get the, the gears churning and figure it out. So, yeah, I definitely apply that to my, my own designs as well. Just give 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 the players tools to play with. Keep it simple, give them lots of tools, and then see what they come up with and, and, and go with that. So that's part of my design ethos, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, how has been, um, and I just throw this question at both of you yeah. um, and, and, and see who grabs it, but how has the competition design itself mm-hmm. What's what's the process been like? Yeah, go on, Will, do you want to take that? Um, yeah, so the design of the contest is to try to keep it as open as possible. Yeah. And it's probably going to adapt a lot for the next one. So we're going to take a lot of feedback from both the jet panelists and those entering, and it will grow to something, I believe, completely different, a couple contests down the road. Um, but this one, it's open to all different RPG systems, as long as it's it's the theme, which this year is fantasy. So mm-hmm. I think there's so no sci-fi there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, um, and it, it's also open to anything you've already written, right? So we're not asking people to write a one-shot adventure in the next two weeks. Yeah, um, if you have us. something, yeah, just for us. If you have something that you like that you writ, wrote last year or two years ago, you can still submit it as long as it hasn't been monetized, um, because we are focusing on the amateur crowd for this one. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's pretty much it. And then, so we've been speaking to all our panelists and getting input feedback on the marking criteria, um, and things like that, but we wanted to keep it general. So the marking criteria is based on story, Mm -hmm. world building, and then the three interactions. So social interactions, environmental interactions, and combat interactions. Um, for you as a panelist, Darren, how... How are you going to uh, measure, or what do you think is going to be your approach at the time of taking a look at those things and decide which one works the best? Uh, Because social interaction can be very much tied to the system that people use to design the adventure. So how, how are you going to balance those things to actually choose the one that you feel is the best? Yeah, so I I think, I would say that most most systems generally handle social interactions um, in a way that's quite organic between the players, and then the game builds on top of that. There are some exceptions. Um, for example, I believe like Burning Wheel and um, Torchbearer and some mechanics like that actually turn social interactions into like a mini game that has actions that you use and, and it kind of abstracts it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, regardless of how the system actually interacts with it, the, the, the key point of a social interaction is there's an NPC and you want something from the NPC or you want them to do something that they are unwilling to do for some reason. And you have chosen not to impart force upon them to get them to do what it is that you want them to do. So the setup for the scene is something you can judge regardless of what system is being utilized in. Um, is it an interesting thing that you want the NPC to do? Is there a good reason why they don't want to do it, or more than one reason? Does it seem feasible that the players could convince them mm-hmm. to overcome the reasons that they're, they're given for not wanting to do it? Um, are there twists? Are there things that the players don't know but they can discover, either by doing things previously or uncovering them in, in the social scenes? So all that kind of stuff is completely system agnostic. Um, there might be systems that actually help that along. Um, for example, Legends of the Valen has some features for, for fun for that. Um, but uh, Yes, yeah, so I believe it's more. I'm I'm more interested to see how the GM set up the the the, the literally the scene that set up 
the environment that interaction takes place in and what it is they want the players to try, to try and get out of it. And then again, like I said, give them tools for them to play with um, to, to, to see how they get there. Um, so that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking out for. Um, is, 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 is seeds, 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 seeds of tools, um, seeds of information, um, and that kind of thing. So lot, lots of toys to play with, I think is what I find most interesting. Yeah. Okay. And that applies to social scenes, conflict scenes, environmental scenes, as I said, yeah. Is there any content that should be discouraged from, from entering the competition? Yes, so we, there is an age limit to content, right? Well, yeah, it's uh, 14 plus. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few geographical locations, I believe, like Russia and France, are left out just because of um, the individual countries' guidelines that we have to follow. Um, and then any content that we deem unsuitable for the general public, the wide audiences, um, will be flagged and disqualified. Yeah. Um, because the, the end result here is that there will be a winning adventure and it will be publicized for free for other people to use, right, Will? Yeah, so, so the, yeah, the winners will be played on a live podcast um, mm -hmm. by North by Northwest, an Atlanta-based D&D podcast. Okay. Um, and it will be available to everybody to listen to in the end. Um, so it has to be appropriate for all age groups. Now, I need to I need to dig into that a little bit because I can, although I can understand uh, why you're doing that and I completely agree, um, but I need the, I need to know a little bit more about what kind of content you would deem suitable or unsuitable, because it's a very wide, um, you know, it's a very wide range of things, what, yeah. what becomes suitable or unsuitable. You know, some people may think that nudity should be suitable and some people are going to think that nudity yeah. is not suitable. And some people within that gore is suitable and you may yeah. think that it's not suitable. Some people may think that homosexuality is suitable and you may think yeah. that it's not suitable. What exactly is suitable or not suitable? How are you going to measure that? Um, I think um, mostly just a... Well, it's, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but like a common sense approach. But on the other hand, if you think about movies, like, like the 15 age rating, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. like the fantasy violence is obviously okay. It's a fantasy world. If you look at, think about Lord of the Rings. Like if you, if it's okay for Lord of the Rings, then it's okay for us. Um, I think we just lost Will, but I'm sure he'll yes, be back, well, back mm -hmm. soon. Um, and again, I haven't, I didn't actually specifically write the rules for this contest, but I'll, I'll say what I would think as a judge. Um, and that if, if, I, if I could imagine the content in a film that I'd be watching with my um, my niece, um, then that's what we go. That would be what flies with me. Um, obviously, romance is fine. Um, uh, I can't say regarding specifics regarding nudity, um, uh, but I would say that Harry Potter has a gay character, and I would wish that that was more prominent in the movies, for example. I think it's important to have, like, that kind of role models. Um, um, especially as the world is becoming a lot more accepting of that kind of thing, and especially the role-playing game community as, as a whole, I think is very accepting and welcoming. Um, it's <clears throat> the, the, the nerd sphere is often a refuge for people, um, and I think it's in, in, important that kind of stuff uh, is out there. So where um, me personally as a judge, I would consider romance in general to be totally fine and that, okay. that can be and it can mean whatever it is um <clears throat> yeah so i would say think of like a pg film and a little bit up mm -hmm. and that that's what i would consider to be um 
uh, wide audience friendly. Yeah, for me. How are you going to manage um, the, the the workload of, of judging? Because uh, I mean, that's the that's the first thing that I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the first thing that I asked, and um, Will and his companion Scott um, are taking on the brunt of it. Um, and the reason why they had five panelists is so they can divide the workload between each of us. Okay. Um, so there will be a kind of like group effort where we each take uh, a number of entries each, find out what we think are the best. And then once we have the best ones, then everyone will be looking at what everyone thinks is the best. Okay. So that, yeah, that's how we're dividing it up, I believe. That said, Will and Scott are the ones that are going through the initial run to make sure everything's okay. Mm -hmm. So the panelists don't get sent any duds or anything like that. Um, so yeah, thanks Will and Scott for taking that brunt of the workload. Workload. Are you are you back with us, Will? I am. Yeah, I think my computer overheated, so I'm gonna turn my fan on. Is the audio okay? Yeah, audio yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Um, I, I was asking uh, Darren, and, and I, I would like to bounce that question to you. Is that how how are you going to handle the um, the, the workload of having to go through all the adventures and 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 having to read the whole thing and decide how things are going to progress. Yeah, I just heard the tail end of what Darren was saying, but that pretty much sums it up. So we're going to be dividing entries into pools. Mm -hmm. um, so first me and Scott and some volunteers are going to go through everything and make sure all the rule guidelines are met. Um, and then all the ones that go on will be divided into pools and each panelist will mark one pool um, following the guidelines. And then the top three, depending on the number of submissions we get, roughly the top three from each will go on to a final where all five panelists look at them and then rank them from first to, or let's just say fifth for the current purposes. And then whoever's first will get one point, whoever's second will get two points, and then whoever has the least overall points in the end will go on. Um, that way everyone kind of has equal say in which is the best overall. It's not just the highest mark from one, from one judge. Okay. Um, are the authors uh, relinquishing any kind of rights over the work uh, they present? No, everything, all the rights are kept. They just allow us to post it on our blog. Um, the top five submissions, I think it is, will go onto our blog. And then um, they can obviously take this back, but we're going to release an anthology later, which will be free to the public as well. Um, and they'll get all credits uh, mentioned in that as well. But if they don't want to be in it, they can always just email us and ask to be removed. Um, I, I asked another question that I just um, thought about regarding the kind of content that people can include in the adventures or not. What, what is the approach when it's about copyrighted material? So, for instance, using um, um, Wizards of the Coast materials or Rainbow so or Chaosium, whatever. Yeah, you can't use intellectual property that is not yours, um, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. So this so, will take away no, fan fiction, things like that. Yeah, <laughs> no beholders, unfortunately. Okay, it's because yeah. I, I can imagine an awful lot of people, you know, having adventures already written for their, uh, you yeah. know, the local D and D game or the local Call of Cthulhu game or what have you, <clears> and just saying, oh, you know, I, I have this, so yeah. why not send so, it? I um, mean, it's it's fine as long as they kind of tweak. Uh, yeah. Some, some of the, the a little bit of mine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little modification, and it should yeah. be fine. Yeah. Okay, so anything that is public use, yeah. Is okay. and, and, and of course, I mean, Will and Scott will be going through them as well and finding things. And if there's like, if it's mostly fine and there's something that's slightly off, I'm sure you'll be willing to. Yeah. So we're gonna, 
Yeah, we're not going to do this all at the end. So as you submit, we're going to be checking them. So if we do notice one or two small mistakes, we'll just email you right back and just be like, hey, um, you have to change this and then we can accept it. Um, okay. And then we'll, we'll give some leeway at the end as well. If, we, if it's just a minor thing that's easy to fix, if it does make it to the grand prize, we'll just ask them to fix right. it. Right. So I didn't know that. I'm sure that helps answer your previous question as well as about what's appropriate for these adventures, you don't have to go in blind. They will give you some feedback um, if there's something that we feel is not um, appropriate. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Now, you're also doing something that I haven't really seen done before, and is that you're offering a feedback service, a paid service for people who would like to get yeah. feedback from, from the panelists. Um, tell me a little bit about that. How is that going to work and how much is that going to cost? Uh, yeah, so obviously we wanted to make this available to everybody, so we made entry free. But we recognize that there might be people who are aspiring to get the game published, or there might be professionals already who want feedback on something that they're about to release. Um, so to those people, we do have something we call critical feedback. So you can pay 20 Canadian dollars for one random panelist to give feedback to you, or you can pay 50 Canadian dollars and get three of the five panelists to give feedback to you. Um, we've opened this up to professionals as well, um, people who have monetized their adventure, but those adventures will be marked separate from the contest, if that makes sense. So they won't be, um, they won't qualify for the grand prize, but they can still ask for feedback on those. Okay. Can, and can, can I say as, as a GM, I think mm -hmm. this is a really cool idea because mm -hmm. often the only feedback you get is from your players that yes. you play with. And that's wonderful. And seeing them experience your ideas is great, but it's, no one gets to see behind the curtain. Like what they played out isn't necessarily everything that you prepared. They didn't necessarily go through it the exact way everything you'd imagine going through. They see, don't see a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. And I think it's a really cool idea that you can find a place where you can give someone your whole content and say, hey, what do you think of this? And you know they're going to be honest and you know they're going to be critical. Um, and you know that they're going to give you sound advice, I guess. Yeah, so I, I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, again, a feature, again, that I haven't really seen out there that I think there should be more of. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, when I when I saw at the beginning, I thought, what, 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 what a second, let me, let, me, let me read this again. And I thought that, actually, I, I quite like the, the thought that even if you don't win, but you can still get access to something yeah. that otherwise... You know, getting professional feedback is extremely difficult because yeah. authors are very, very busy themselves. Also, uh, one, one more um, thing. Uh, yeah. Will, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here, but I'm not wrong that some of the money does go to charity, right? As well. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. This is nonprofit, so if you okay. do pay for that, um, the money gets split three ways. So it goes to some of the startup fees that we've had, um, and once that reached, that gets cut off, and then part of it goes to our panelists who are taking extra time to write out these feedback and reviews for you. And then the rest will go to a charity, um, a local hard hit charity that might be suffering because of COVID-19. Um, we haven't decided which one yet because we want to see exactly how much we have and then decide which charity will make the biggest impact for. Yeah. Um, so that will be announced um, later on when we know exactly how much we'll be able to give. That's excellent. That, that sounds, yeah, that, I, I like the sound of that. An awful lot. Right, to start wrapping this up, because uh, we've been at it for half an hour now, um, yeah. when does the competition start and what is the deadline? The competition has already started, so Yay. submissions are open. <laughs> and uh, the deadline is May 11th mm -hmm. um, at midnight 
in Pacific Daylight Time, so here in Vancouver. Okay. So I think that gives you guys in the UK a little bit of extra time. Yes. <laughs> Eight hours, <laughs> which is brilliant. Good. Right. In that case, I, I have three questions for you to um, to end this on a weird note. Um, question number one is, um, what's the best advice that no one has ever given you? This is the world. Yeah. <laughs> The best advice that no one has given me. Um, well, I mean, no one has given me this directly. I've, I've read it yeah. places. <laughs> but if you want to do something, consider, think about who's done it before. And has anybody dumber than you, not as driven as you, not as inspired as you accomplished it? And the answer is probably yes. So if they can do it, you can do it. So just go for it, I think. Okay. And that, that goes with everything. So. Okay, good, good, Darren. <clears throat> the best advice that I've got that no one's actually ever given to me. Um, I think that there is, there's, there's, there's a theory that I developed for myself when I was younger. And that was that people are more alike than they are different. Therefore, things that you feel, other people are likely to be feeling. Things that you think, other people are likely to be thinking. And people act very much the same inside, you might feel anxious and you look outward and you see other people aren't anxious and that might vex you. Am I the only one that's anxious? Um, but then you have to re-analyze re re them and say, we're all humans, we all think alike and we all feel alike. Therefore, I'm anxious, they're probably also anxious. They might not look it, but surely they are mm -hmm. feeling it just like you are. You're probably trying not to look anxious yourself. Um, so you should take comfort in that. However, as I've gotten older, I've started to think that that's not the case. <laughs> because um, as, I, as I've matured and I've, I've met more people and I've entered into the political sphere and there's all sorts of differing opinions and that kind of thing. And now, and now I'm not sure. So that, that's the advice that I gave to myself that no one gave to me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm no longer mm -hmm. sure if it's worth anything. So take that for what you like. <laughs> Okay, fine, fine. Good, good, good. Right, question number two. Um, what's the best mistake that you would like to repeat again? Best mistake that I would like to Oh, I know that's easy for me. Um, okay. That's easy. So when I was studying for my exams, for my final exams in, in school in the UK, um, so that was like high school for Americans, um, Metal Gear Solid 4 came out on the weekends that I was supposed to be revising. And I played that game significantly more than I should have <laughs> and revised less than I should have. Um, now, I was, meant, I was meant to get very good grades um, in my exams and I reformed sub-optimately. As a result, all of the universities I wanted to go to did not accept me. And I had to find a university through clearing, which is like, you have to call up universities, ask them if they've got any places left, that kind of thing. But in the end, I went to York University, which is great. I did. I studied physics there, that was great. And then it just led me on the path that I've been on since then, which took me to Japan, which is where I met Will and my current wife. And so at the time it was like the ter most terrible thing that could happen to me. Like I didn't fail my exams, but I did poorly. Um, I couldn't get into university, everything's crazy. And then now I look back, I'm very happy with where my life ended up. So that's, and also I love Metal Gear Solid 4, so I can't really complain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was easy. I, yeah, that kind of sparked an idea for me too. So <laughs> after uni, I decided I wanted to be a teacher. So I did one year of all the university classes to be a teacher in Canada. And then instead of finishing my second year, I decided, oh, I'll try this out and I'll go to Japan. 
um, where I was an English teacher for a little bit. And again, that's where I met Darren. That's where my whole passion for events was born. Um, and it led to where I am now. So I guess you call it a mistake that worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. Very good ones, actually. Okay. Last question. Imagine that you have a time machine. And uh, as you do, you go back in time and you meet your 10-year-old self and you say to your 10-year-old self, do not do this. What is this? Um, do not live your life based on how other people want you to live it. So throughout high school, there was a lot of things that I did because maybe my friends were doing it or my parents were doing it. So like, for, for example, I was in band Um, I really wanted to play the bass or the drums, um, but I decided to pick up the clarinet because um, that's what my parents wanted me to play. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't regret it. It was a fun instrument to learn and things like that. But I think I needed to stand up for myself and what I liked more, and believe that I was an interesting person, and it would work out. Okay. I, despite saying that I like fantasy more than sci-fi, I do watch sci-fi, and I know the number one rule is don't mess with the past. I'm very happy with where I am now. I enjoy my life. I am touching nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so you would go back to your 10 years old and say, yeah, yeah. Whatever, go away. No, yeah, you, 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 you got this, kid. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you very, very much indeed for, for being with me today. Uh, um, it would be great to, to have you back and, and talk about what the outcome of this competition has been and, and how how is you know affected you both mm -hmm. as, as, as an event organizer as, as, as a gm as a writer yeah and and see what you've got out of this and how the experience has been because i think this is a really brilliant initiative and i really really like it i hope it cool. succeeds very much thank you becca and i would love to come and talk yeah. to you again about legends of the violence sometime Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm taking that for granted. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm never going to ask you if you're going to come. I'm going to tell you that. You will come back, yeah. definitely. But yeah, I'm so, super yeah. excited about this competition. I think it's such a cool idea. I'm really excited to see what people submit. I love reading ideas about what other people have made. I love just ingesting other ideas into my mind from, from, from the aether. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like a machine that just wants to process more information. So I'm so excited to see what other people submit I'm, i'm looking for the quirky stuff i'm looking for the fun stuff i'm looking for the normal stuff i'm i'm just excited i'm really i'm and again thanks will as well for making this happen um i think it's so cool thanks for letting me get involved as well thank you paco nice. for being a great interviewer um and then us coming to your thank show you. so i appreciate that a lot yeah this has been a lot of fun um i think it'd be great to, great to come on again good i look forward to that thank you very much indeed guys thank you yes i really sincerely hope that you will participate even to be honest even if you're not going to enter the quiz or the competition or whatever just go for it just just write something down get you know get your creative juices flowing and at the end of the day if you end up with something that you can use with your friends great and if you end up having spent a few hours just doing something cool that's great we all need something at this time to think about to take our minds off things And this could be a very, very good exercise. So uh, I hope that you will. Very much looking forward to seeing the results of the competition. But until the next time, thank you very much for being there. It is truly and genuinely appreciated. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Take care.